Welcome to the warm down. This is episode 31, game week 10. I'm with Dan and David. Um, we're going to do similar to what we did last week because there's kind of a lot to talk about off the Spurs Manchester United game. So we're going to concentrate on that game, analyze that game and uh, the events around it. And then we'll go through the results, the rest of the results, and we'll just speak on talking points and stuff from um, them games. So we will start, sadly, um, at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, which it's officially called, but I call it Wild Lane. It was dubbed El Sac... Was it El Saco? El Sacaco. Yeah, outrageous <laughs> name, but it was dubbed that... Who was going to go, Nuno or Oli? We'll talk about what happened after the match, after we talk about the match. Um, David, I'll let you talk about the game. Um, yeah, as I said, it was a lot of pressure on both managers. Oli decided to change something. I've been saying for a few weeks, I thought he should go five at the back, three at the back, whatever. Um, he did do that. He switched it up. Um, David, the match and hold, the lineup. How how did you feel about the game? Yeah, I mean, Oli, you know, to his credit, you know, he kind of changed the lineup because obviously we got battered against Liverpool the week prior. Uh, so he's kind of gone for more of a, a defensive minded lineup, a bit more five at the back, which I, you know, to, to his credit, I, I I can't blame him for doing that because he wants to stop the goals going in. So you know, he's included Lindelof, another one of his favourites, uh, to and Varane coming back. In the in the middle in the middle of defense, so I mean the line the, the lineup is not um, not unpredictable, man. You don't need a lottery ticket to work out what the team's going to be. Practically, um, the the back line, obviously, you know, Wan Bissaka right wing back, Shaw left wing back, De Gea in goal, uh, uh, Lindelof, Maguire, and Varane, and obviously in the midfield, the midfield duo of uh, Fred. Fred and McTominay, uh, coined McFred, shock. And uh, you got Bruno further forward, and then obviously up front, which is quite nice to see uh, Cavani and Ronaldo, which I, th- I felt was a you know it's good it's, it's interesting dichotomy to see because now Cavani is getting an opportunity, and I think Ronaldo's got um, a, a striker of his quality. A, a, to a, kind a of... decent, a decent what to see? Well, it's decent to see Ronaldo and no, no, you Cavani. said a word that dichotomy. Dichotomy, yes. Yeah. So, sorry, uh, listen, you man. Anyway. <laughs> Pardon one of French. the one of the three of us didn't actually do well at school. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I was here at school as well. Yeah, go on, go on. Yeah, so obviously it's nice to see Cavani in back in the lineup with uh, Ronaldo. Uh, but the the, ge- the game itself, especially in the first half, I thought United were compact. They really were resolute in defence. You know, Spurs had their opportunities. Uh, United had a couple of opportunities to to, to score. Uh, but I felt in a, in a whole, I thought uh, United were. Very strong, and especially I hate to say it, but in the midfield, we kind of won the, the midfield battle there. There was a couple opportunities that we did have. I know, um, I think, quote, quote, I think uh, there was a goal that was disallowed for Spurs. Was it yeah. uh, Romero? Romero, yeah, yeah, that was blatantly offside. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know that sixty thousand fans at the, the Champagne Lane were were hoping that goal would stick, but unfortunately not. But you know, uh, listen. There was a, it was a decent, decent, decent 
a decent opportunity. I know well, you've, got the had... goal, you've got the goal just before our time, isn't it, Christian Ronaldo? Uh, going to get to that, but I was going to talk about Son's oh, miss. Sorry. Yeah, Son's miss. Inexplicable, man. I mean, the ball was there. One, he just shoot with his right, his left foot. It was there. Open tight, shot, shot with his right foot, went over the bar. Yeah. And then, um, you know, Bruno was trying to get a couple of balls into the box. Uh, mm. Found the header to Cavani, slightly went wide. And then the breakthrough towards the back end of the first half. Lovely ball from Bruno and a great volley from Ronaldo, man. That's what you want to see. Great link-up play there between them for it to be 1-0. And then I think the second half really was just roadkill for Tottenham. They <laughs> just went down downhill there. I mean, look, you know, they made a couple of opportunities. Ronaldo had, had a goal disallowed. And then I think a through ball again. I think it was Ronaldo, an assist to Cavani. Oh, it was shocking. It was all shocking. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the back line from Tottenham, I let you talk Skip about it. Skip lost it, innit? Yeah, he's, he, he lost the ball. Um, yeah, yeah. Ronaldo retrieved it. Nice ball to Cavani. Cavani finished it. Lovely goal. Um, you know, it was a nice, make it 2-0, kind of put the game really at doubt there. There wasn't really much from Tottenham to, to say that they're going to come back into the game. And your boy Mora got sent, uh, uh, got substituted. That was before um, Cavani scored. Yeah. I mean, the, the fans weren't too happy, man. I mean, you were there, Rem, you know. The yeah, fans, the, the, the toxic. So. Yeah, it was peak for yeah, you, Yeah, go on. Anyway, finish on the game first. I'm just trying to save for the moment, man. This is our Let second man call, enjoy man. this moment, man. <laughs> Jesus, man. <laughs> if it was your way around, you'd be running this, you know. Yeah. Nah, nah, nah. Come <laughs> on, man. And then, obviously, o- o- Oli makes his substitution, brings on Rashford, and then... Cooley and a nice little ball from Matage slots it into Rashford and it's murder she wrote from there, man. I, I knew he was gonna score. Yeah, I course. knew when he was coming on, I was gonna say it, but I thought let me not jinx it. I was gonna say it to <laughs> just say it out loud. You know we say it out loud. Yeah. I was gonna say he's gonna score. I bet you any money I could see it. This guy counter-attack, he's cleaning. That's kind of exactly what happened. Yeah, he finished. Uh, I finished. I wanted to make one comment as well, yeah? yeah. The boy's song was free on open goal and then the Warden of the North is back. Aaron Wan-Bissaka. What yeah, a yeah, lovely tackle. It wasn't no good tackle. It was a sensational tackle. Man. It was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Top I was gonna, all right, we've, we've done with describing the match now. Um, what, how, how did you feel um, about Wan-Bissaka's performance? I think it's more natural. A different role for him. What did you think? I think it was was more natural. He seems, you know, I don't think he's personally a right back. I think the right wing back option does suit him a lot better. In what ways would you say? Because he can't attack. I'm going to be honest, yeah. He was jinking past man, but he was up against Ben Davis, who, to be honest, is finished and shouldn't be at Tottenham anymore from about three years ago. He should have gone two years ago. I, I ben Davis, right, obviously, yeah. sorry, Ben Davis obviously hadn't play, hasn't played for a while, so he's still not fresh. You know what I mean? Up to mm. game speed, basically. And Wan was having his way, especially the first half, because they were attacking towards where I was. So I could see, and I was like, just someone like you're making this guy look like he's fucking Lionel Messi. Like he's chicken past everyone. I was like, what's going on? Here? He was getting in a box. <laughs> People didn't want to touch him, but. His end product is so shit, it's unbelievable. I don't think he did one good cross. He did one cross where it created a chance. I think it was for Ronaldo. And the show got blocked or something. Yeah. And that was for a few... Uh, sorry. Few, uh, through P. 
pure shitness. It was a shit cross. He kind of scuffed it and it fell straight to Ronaldo. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, his emperor is very terrible. But I have to say, man, his, his athlete, he, one, he is an athlete. Athleticism he has. Like, the guy moves like he's fucking Spider-Man all the time. Yeah, like, that's right. Son knows that more than anyone. All right, man. But, <laughs> nah, nah, nah. Like, with his travelling was, was was good. As I said, man, I... I Question him at right wing back because his end product against a team, a good team, because we were shit. Mm. Against a good team, he would have wasted so many opportunities. Your fans would be on his back, but obviously you won the game. Yeah, but I think with the win back situation, where especially when we play a better team, he's going to have to come and track back a bit, and that's where his strengths are going to be. I mean, going forward, he ain't the best. His end product, like you mentioned, ain't the best. But I think playing that win back where you have to get back and forth up the pitch. I think that's going to suit him because he's more of a defensive-minded player. But like mm. I said, the, the coaching side of things, they, they need to improve the, the end product because, you know, we need Luke Shaw and Wan-Bissaka when, when provided to go forward and create opportunity for the forward two now, Cavani and mm. Cavani and, um, and Ronaldo. Especially, especially in that formation. Yeah, especially in that formation and not yeah. heavily rely on Bruno to, to, to be the creative spot. Oh, because if he wasn't there, you would have never scored the oh, first no, goal. No, no. Because, no. I mean, you could see the difference in that. His, his little crosses into the box and little chips that he was going for and stuff. You could see, like, this is the main, this is a playmaker. When you look at us, playmaker on the day, Giovanni Lasso, absolutely shocking. I mean, in the second half, he had that chance to just slide through Sun. Um, anyway, the better, the less I say, the better. Yeah, go on. You can have your moment with this match anyway. Um, any more questions for you? Um, the front pair, I mean, a combined age of about ninety-three or something. But how did you, how did you, how did you feel about them two as a parent? Would you like to see it a little more often? Yeah, I mean that experience. You know, you know, Cavani's the workhorse. Ronaldo's not going to be moving around as much, but he's effective when he gets into those positions. So it's it's nice to see a bit of experience. And you know, with Cavani, you know what we're going to get. He's going to be moving around, trying to create opportunities and. And by doing that, you give Ronaldo some space. So I think they combine well. And I think Bruno's a key. They're just being just behind them, linking quite well with Cavani. And they, you know, these are quality players. And that's what United need. We need players of that quality that are going to be able to dispatch opportunities and score goals. And, and it's key for these two. And they work in tandem well together. So uh, listen, the performance, this is Tottenham. No disrespect to Tottenham. I, couldn't, I didn't expect Tottenham to kind of give up a bit because I've seen your performances over this season and with Nuno, it's just not been up to scratch. And I felt that midfield wasn't strong enough. And listen, our midfield is nothing to write home about, but I felt that we can always attack that midfield and um, get get some joy there. So listen, three points, clean sheet. The real tests are ahead. Dan, you got anything to say or any questions? I mean, my, my one was, I was literally just going to ask, I was like, was United looking this good purely down to human being that so poor? Bad. Yeah. Or was it yeah. actually a, a, a step up and it it worked? Do you know I, what I mean? I, I'll answer that first. Um, obviously, maybe I would say this, but being at the game, I, I have to say, I, I think it was more us being absolutely shit than Manchester United. I think Varane was brilliant. But, I mean, how many questions were asked? How many questions were asked to your defence one-on-one? 
I mean, we were just so narrow at times. I was just like, this is just getting stupid. It's just so ram in the midfield. It's just, there's no spaces, no, the movement, we can't create nothing. The only one that looked like he could get some sort of space was, was um, Lucas Moura. Um, yeah, man. Uh, for me, I, I would say that, um, I, I would say hold the, the Ollie, King Ollie and Ollie back at the wheel and all that shit. I would hold that because I, I would say that I felt we were absolutely shocking. David, what, what, what would your answer be to what Dan just said? I'm under no illusions. That, you know, this is Tottenham being poor. That there was defense, defensive frailties in that midfield. Fred and McTominay at times. You know, there, there was times where you know they were mispatching the ball, and I just think a better opposition who are used to playing that type of formation, like an Atalanta. And you know, when we play better opposition like Man City, they're going to be able to exploit that weakness in midfield and that def- and and defense. Varane was exceptional, but Maguire and you know, it's got a mistake in him. And if we can stretch, if, they, if the opposition can stretch the play, they'll be able to get attack us and get through us. And I, I'm not convinced this is a bodge job from Oli Gunnar Solskjaer because it's the last throw that dies through. I'm going to be honest, it's a bodge job. And listen, Tottenham were the best opponents to have after the run of games that we've had where we've, we've looked poor. So I'm not I'm not on the jumping on the bandwagon with this or Oli at the wheel, Oli's back, Oli masterclass. Wait, wait, wait. You would rather play Tottenham than Norwich? No, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying Tottenham, oh. were, the, Tottenham were the best <laughs> best opponents based on your form, and you know to come back after losing to Liverpool, you know to come and you know go go there and get a performance and play this type of formation because we weren't going to get no resistance from you lot because you you guys have been poor, and you've been managed you know very poorly by by Nuno. So it was a perfect opportunity for us to go there and get three points. So I wasn't really worried about Tottenham, and like we always say when we play you lot, it's Spurs. Okay. Um, do we want to move on to Spurs now? Yeah. All right. Um, all right, I'll say it then. Um, I was there, obviously. Um, it was absolutely toxic in there. Um, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I could see something in the air that said to me, this, is, this was like D-Day. You know what I mean? It was like the end of the world. <laughs> that in there was just so negative, like. Um, and I said after the game, there's no way in God's green earth that this manager can, can be in that dugout again. It's impossible. Mm. The way the way it was, the atmosphere. I mean, the players must feed off that. The play. I mean, nah, it, it just can't go any. You couldn't go any further, and it didn't go any further um, because we're recording this Tuesday. Monday, I mean, I went to work and a lot of people were saying, oh, joke, man, what happened? And I said, listen, by the time I've had my breakfast, it's like, better be God. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and you know what? It's, he should never have got the job in the first place. Um, and people say the job's too big. I'll tell you why the job was too big. Not because it's Tottenham. More, more of the fact that we, we need a rebuild. Um, we were going to make some changes. Some people were going to leave. Some fresh faces were going to come in. 
We just need the man with the direction, with the confidence, with the coaching style, coaching ability to take us forward for the next couple of years. More than a couple of years, to be honest. And um, Nuno wasn't that man. Nice guy. And, and that's why you feel sorry for him. But as I said, for me, it's an impossible job as well when you're being pulled in all different directions. You've got the chairman who wants the so-called DNA brought back to the club. So basically that means a kind of Pochettino kind of style. Um, you bring in an Italian director of football who we know Italian football, they, they like to be defensively responsible. So he was always going to go in a little different direction with the managers that he was going to try and hire. His first target was Conte. For whatever reason, didn't happen. And then we went for a long list of, of people. We had a scare of Catuso and Otseka was nearly done and he came in and pulled the plug and all that stuff. And then we ended up with Nuno, who he was a fan of. He wanted him at Juventus or whatever. But Nuno, I mean, Levy had to be convinced that Nuno was the kind of man. He was, he was, Paratich told um, Levy about his time at Valencia and that he can play a different kind of formation but for me the formation doesn't really fucking matter because we'll get onto the point of who is now our manager and clearly we're most likely not going to play four at the back anymore so that Nuno didn't play four at the back at Wolves but he's kind of being forced to play four at the back at Spurs he's being forced to play this kind of style of football where his not his wolf side, sorry, was was more all about being organized, having an organized shape, and then pick their moments to kind of attack and exploit and whatever. Mm. And and as I said, you you can't do that to a manager. That's not him managing the way he wants to manage. That's not him coaching the way he wants to coach. And for me, for so many reasons, it was just the wrong mix. Um, as I said, on the day in isolation, I mean, it took off. Lucas Mora, who gives 10 out of 10 every week in terms of effort, was one of our more creative sources. It looked like, I mean, not in Empire, but at least he was taking people on and getting us into kind of areas. And he was taken off where Gio Lo Celso was having a shocker. Skip and Hoiberg, that looked like we needed to break that up to try and go a bit more attackive. And he, he um, took off Lucas Moore and brought on, sorry, Bergwijn. And um, from there, I mean, the crowd just went absolutely insane. I didn't really respond. I just shook my head and I just put my head in my hands and I could just hear the booze around me. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is outrageous. It was a crazy change. I, I didn't understand it. Um, and as I said, from the reaction from that, it just got worse and worse and worse for him. Um, as then... The goals went in. Cavani's made it two and Rashford. As soon as Rashford's hit the back of the net, I got up on my seat and I just left because I mean there was no more abuse to take basically. Um so we're here Tuesday and this morning. Spurs since probably Saturday night, Sunday morning, I've been obviously trying to see whether they were gonna what they could do in, in, in getting Nuno out. 
but didn't want to be put in a situation of not having a man here and just going through the interim business again and the long mm. search for a manager again. Yeah. So he was sacked and um, basically 24 hours later, Antonio Conte has been brought in on this Tuesday. So, yeah, that's where we're at at the moment. We've obviously done some convincing to Antonio Conte, which I think we'll get into. But, um, yeah, now Conte, who has been linked with every fucking job that <laughs> seems to come some sort of available, like Manchester United. I mean, Arsenal at times when Arteta was the shittest manager in the league, but now he's the greatest manager in the league, of course. Um, you lot were screaming for Conte and stuff. And now he's 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 come to Wales. Yeah, I mean, what what do you think was a defining factor for Conte? Because I know initially in the summer, you know, he kind of rejected the move to Spurs. Um, well, I think Paratici is obviously a huge bit of it, but personally, I, I, I just think I would like to hope that Levy has just realised that, listen, no matter what I do, I don't have a fucking clue. Um, and I think responsibility needs to be taken off his hands because he's just not good enough at the football aspects built us a great stadium and great training ground and I think it's come to that point where 20 years of being at Tottenham is that what you're going to be remembered for because let me tell you something now that's the only thing you're going to be remembered for positive is the stadium (laughs) the stadium and the training ground that you've built and, 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 and everything but you're just facilities that's it that's all you've created you haven't created a team you haven't created a squad. You haven't created a legacy um, on the pitch. And um, I would hope that now is the time where he says, listen, I will take a back seat on this. Let the Italians do their thing. Let Paratici deal with Conte. I will deal with business aspects. I will still have a kind of uh, input with word and, and then my position on the board but as I said football in terms and I said this to you David in the summer mm. this, this guy's got to not be involved in, 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 in the football department because he just doesn't have a clue what he's doing you need to put someone there that you trust and you hired parents you just don't trust him trust him with the money if he says listen five million more can get me this guy and trust me the coach that I've hired whoever the coach is at this moment Conte he believes that he needs this tool, really needs this tool, and, and he will pay you back. Give the five million extra. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, example, Bruno Fernandes. We wanted Bruno Fernandes. We were five million off. Why don't we get Bruno Fernandes? Why? What is the excuse? Oh, it's five million more. I can't do it. Just take the fucking risk. Take the gamble. Because let me tell you what. In three, four years' time, there's going to be another club, as we know, in Newcastle. Mm. Mm. And leave, you're going to be left behind. And Tottenham are going to be left behind even further. So for me, I just, I just hope that how toxic it got and how bad it has been, the club has been over the last 18 months, that he has now finally realised, you know what, I don't maybe I accept and, and show some humbleness that I don't have a fucking clue what I'm doing when it comes to football. Yeah, I think it's a good thing. Though, so to answer your question, sorry, Conte yeah. was <laughs> promised more 
of the things that he would like. Yeah, because obviously, you know, there's been reports suggesting he's going to get 150 million to spend. Uh, I mean, how true or realistic do you think that is? What, in January? Well, not necessarily January, maybe a bit in January and primarily in the the summer. Yeah, and that's the thing. I don't expect us, I don't think any Tottenham fans expect us to spend Chelsea or Man City money. But let's somewhat do what Liverpool did. You know what I mean? Liverpool really needed Salah, really needed Fabinho, really needed Alisson, really needed Van Dijk, and they've done it. And look where they got to. So, yeah, that, that hopefully that's how we start approaching things now. Yeah, I mean, realistically, obviously I know Conte, you know, has got the job now. Who do you think he's going to target in terms of, of players to improve the squad? Or who's realistically that could come to, uh, to Spurs? Um... Obviously, you just hear on names and straight away, you know how people are. They love a transfer story and, and throwing out names and stuff. I mean, I think it will be 50-50. With, I think we'll have a lot of the links that we had before because Paratish is obviously still there and needs an influence. Um, and then half of the names will be people that Conte, that we've not really heard about, that we know kind of maybe has a history with Conte. So we were linked with, apparently he's said that he wants um, Stephen De Vrij mm. from um, Inter Milan. Yeah. Mm. Centre-back, Dutch guy. Yeah. He says, apparently, what I hear is that he wants that as one of his main targets in January. So, there's him. There's um, Vlahovic from um, Fiorentina, who's been linked with us oh, yeah. since the summer. Yeah, yeah. From Fiorentina. Yeah, Paratici, yeah. He's, so Paratici is, is a fan of him. And Conte obviously was in Serie A last season and the guy scored hella goals. So, yeah. Um, I heard Kessie. From what mm. I've heard, read this afternoon, apparently we've offered him a contract already. So, I don't know how true that well, is. I was, was going to say, is... Don't you think um, one one of the other things is to get Harry Kane to buy into this to want to because yeah, you you what? know his head his head's been turned. Yeah, I mean, listen, his head. You know I mean, because because is... I, I, I heard one thing they were saying that one of the things as well with um, Conte was the talk of Harry Kane possibly going in the summer is what put him off, like to lose the jewel in in that team, kind of turned yeah, him away from I... it. I think we have so many stories and, and that's one of the things. Um, I don't know how much that is true because Levy was adamant that he wouldn't go anyway. So, And he mm. did go. Um, yeah, from, from what I hear as well is that the players are absolutely buzzing. Now, how long that lasts? That This is the important factor as well is how long that lasts. But yeah, Hopefully, this is what Harry wanted. Harry wanted to go and play under an elite manager and win mm. stuff. And obviously, we know we're not Man City. We ain't got the squad like Man City where you're almost guaranteed to win something. Um, but we have a manager who's talked about in the bracket of Klopp, Pep and all them kind of people. So, I'm, from what I hear, I hear, and which is not surprising, that he's over the moon and and really impressed that we've been able to get him. That's what I hear, Ernie. 
Yeah, I think it's a massive coup to kind of persuade and Conte to come in and take on a project like this because, you know, Tottenham are not in the best of shapes. And if Levy has kind of stood, stood back and said, look, you know, I, I, you know, I need to step back and leave Paratici to do the, the work and work with Conte to bring in the necessary signings, you know, this could potentially be suitable. And I think 18 months is a kind of a fair enough time for both parties at the moment. Uh, you know, to come in, you know, you're paying a lot of money for him, 30 million a year. So I think it's a good bit of business and, and it's good to see Levy, you know, sometimes, you know, he makes a lot of mistakes, but it's good that he's been held accountable and he, and he realised that, you know, it's time for me to step, make that decision, get rid of Nuno and bring in a, a world-class manager like Conte. And, it, you know, it's good to see that because as a Man United fan, I look at my, you know, my team and I see after the, the loss to Liverpool, that's a sackable offence. So, and we're not. We're more concerned about image and Conte. We were never keen from from what I'm reading. We were never keen on on Conte. We were more concerned about the fact that Conte's attitude, his demand, his willingness to win things was a problem with United, and they want more of a conservative approach. So, yeah, and um, you you guys kind of hit the lottery when the right place, at the right time to snap him up. Yeah, as I said, I mean, I'm no. Listen, I'm not going to come here and act all thing. I, I didn't want him in the summer for, for reasons that I've said about before, but I'll say them again. I just thought for the rebuild that we needed, this was a guy who doesn't like to stay at places for long um, and would likely walk out on us just as we were maybe getting somewhere or whatever. So I didn't want that. Um, two, the combination of Levy and, and Conte was just a bad one. Obviously, as I said, things have changed, whatever's changed, and hopefully things have changed. We'll see the proof will be in the pudding. That's why I'm not super, super jumping, you know, jumping around because Daniel Levy's still there and he's the guy who likes to have a say. So unless he now all of a sudden wants to be a bit mute, then um, we ain't really going to go anywhere fast. Um, but yeah, I didn't want him in the summer, but this is not a wanting thing. This is a needed thing. We're in a desperate, dire situation. As I said, if what I described as how hopefully Levy looks at it is how I look at it. Now, all Tottenham fans should look at it. I mean, we look around the stadium and we're like, what a stadium we have. Unbelievable. But we're like, in the concert, we're like a pound stretch of football team. But we've got this, do you know what I mean? This massive store and, and, and it's all shiny and, and it just doesn't really make sense. So what is the point? I understand you haven't been able to, what's the word? Bear the fruits of his labour? Labour, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Off the stadium and, and, and gain the money from it because obviously we had a pandemic and, and, um, and stuff like that. And obviously we haven't sold the stadium yet and, and, and things. So, in the future, we still got that to look forward to, and that would hopefully equal the money that we get to use. So there's still there's still things like that, but you have to try and keep it respectable. You can't be in this stadium and we're playing fucking Europa Conference football and it's half full on a Thursday night. We should be playing on Tuesdays and Wednesday. You know what I mean? Special nights should be being played at the stadium. And Levy has to be sitting in his stupid seat, looking around and thinking, the reason why we're not 
massively is a part is my me to blame. So I just I just hope that yeah, Levy's just realized what I think we all need to realize and that we're heading in a bad way. We were. I mean, that's the truth. And and as I said, things ain't gonna get easier because Newcastle are gonna join the party maybe within the next four or five years. Really, really join the party, and um, we'll be left behind. And if Arsenal's process or whatever goes the way that they want it to go, then they'll be better than us. And if West Ham do get bought out, like like it's being talked about, yeah. and Moyes continues to do what he's doing over the next couple of years, they will be above us. And Leicester spend more money than us and have an actual good manager, so they'll be above us. And we'll just be a team in, in like ninth, scraping to get into the top 10 with the best stadium in the world. Like, it just really doesn't make any sense. I know you mentioned about the players being like buzzing for Conte, but surely with the way his from methods, hear, yeah, yeah for, I mean, from the methods that he has, he demands quite a lot. And now you hear from yeah. when he was at Chelsea where he had the double training sessions. Yeah. You, you feel some of the players you got are going to react a certain way to that, that demand might not, might not be reciprocal to that because I know I know I spoke to you before about it about guys like Deli Ali and Don Belly that actually are not being the best. How does Conte coming in affect all of that? No, it's 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 a good question, it's a good point. It's it's and this is where again the responsibility has to be given to the coach. He should be allowed to do what he wants. If he says this guy, I want him out, then he's he goes. And that doesn't matter who that is. As long as he can give a fair enough reason that, listen, this guy doesn't give it his all, doesn't give his all for this club. He wants to use player power to try and fuck coaches up. So a, a, a chairman that has notoriously been kind of close to the players and Levy and had relationship with them and eats breakfast in the same canteen as them and stuff. That, no, nah, no, nah, I'm going to back my manager instead of back my players. You know what I mean? Um, so we'll find out we'll really find out who the bad eggs are we'll, we'll, and uh, yeah it's, as I said Conte is one of the managers the same as Simeone mm. if you follow his direction you will you will reap the rewards in, in that you will be a successful team to a point to obviously how talented your group is or how much money you can bring in and, and what players you can bring in and stuff, whatever. But for you, as the guys that turn up to train every day, he improves players if you want to. If you really want to be better as a player, then, mm. then he improves players. He's proven it. Yeah, people might not like the way he speaks to them at, at times and rough them up, but you know what? Um, that needs to be done, man. That needs to be done to this group. And that's why I think it's the perfect it's the perfect time for him to come. Because we're, we're now the 100% of the blame will be on the players. Not on this manager because he's proven before. Mourinho, we know there's little things that he can be a wanker and his football can... There is negative sides of his football. But I mean, I spoke to you earlier, David, and as you said, this guy is different to Mourinho. He's a bit more up-to-date. Yeah, it's more hybrid, I would say, man. He's, he's, he's yeah. not, he hasn't got that much miles on the clock. Mourinho, 
his, his past accomplishments, you know, they were quite some years ago. You know, he was at his prime at Chelsea where he was winning everything. He maybe his second term at Chelsea and went on to decline, but Conte's in the same mould as a, a Pep or um, a Klopp. So, like I said, you've got, you've got a gem there. It's just whether or not, like you said, if the players can respond to his tactics and succeed. And which kind of defeats the kind of thing, everything I just said. And, and, and the things you brought up about things you've heard and training and, and moaning about Nuno's training and moaning about Mourinho's training and even moaning about Poch's training is too hard. And it was, they moan about fucking everything. Mm. Just your footballers, just fucking play football. Um, but look, straight away, Conte comes in and apparently what I'm reading is that the players are delighted about the pressing style that they'll get to do again. That takes hard work, you know? <laughs> like, that doesn't just happen. That, that you have to work to be able to do that. So let's just hope that they do embrace it. Um, and as I said, they, they've got no more excuses, these guys, man. Yeah, 100%. I hope he fails. <laughs> That's just me. <laughs> of course he does. No, 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 no. No, but I, I rate Conte as a coach, even though he's at Chelsea and the but he's... As I said, when we were talking about link with, say, United, the man's a winner. Yeah. So, I mean, I hope he does all right, but just a bit below Arsenal. But he, it's, it's, it's nice to have him back in the Premier League, to be honest. Which means he's not doing all right if he's anywhere yeah. below you lot. So. I, I think it's a problem for us. We missed the boat. I mean, we should have considered him. because I, I You didn't I, I, want him. Well, yeah, for the obvious, I didn't want it, but like I said, we should have considered him. And look at the way this, you know, the, the season's going. I think, you know, United, I've, I said to you last week and I said it before that I don't think Man United prepared to change their manager. There's no pressure on Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and they want to, they want to keep him to the end of the season and maybe look at other, other managers who will be available in the summer. You might not want to hear this. Guys like Poch, maybe oh, Rodgers. That happens, man. Right. Hopefully Rogers, man. Hopefully, hopefully Poch now does great at PSG, wins Champions League, wins everything, and um, he can stay put for another year. And maybe when Conte fucks off, Poch will come back. <laughs> Look, I'm a typical Tottenham. <laughs> I still talk about Pochettino come back. That's how sad we are. That's how sad we are. Do you want to move on? Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, let's go to Saturday's early kickoff. I think it was the stadium called again. Fuck what the stadium's called. Yeah. At Leicester, Arsenal were the visitors, ran out 2 0 winners. Gabriel gave Arsenal an early lead after five minutes, a header where he wasn't even looking. (laughs) He wasn't even looking at the goal. (laughs) (laughs) In the flick back of it, it went in nicely, though, but I mean, yeah, he wasn't even looking. Um, And the second, I mean, just some absolutely awful defending. They looked like they were tackling each other at one point, the Leicester defenders, and it just fell to Emma Smith Rowe, got himself in the box, fell to him nicely, and he just stroked it. Um, yeah, the keeper had no chance because he was looking at his defence like, what are you lot doing? Um, and just kind of went through the crowd a little and in yeah. the back of the net. Mm. Um, it was 2-0, but was it comfortable that? No. I think it was more... The way it started, we, we just caught Leicester cold. 
two quick goals and and thing, and then Leicester just grew into the game. And without Ramsdale, we would have got battered. Mm. Let's just put it out there: Ramsdale had an amazing game, but yeah, after that initial 15-20 minutes, it was a lot like less. I wouldn't say it was complete domination. We just pinned back, but they had the better chances and. In my 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 mind, they were the better team. Oh, so you were saying on the whole they were the better team? Yeah, yeah, I can admit. Oh, okay, that. now because I was going to say that obviously you were two 0 up, so it's kind of a thing you have that you have something to defend. Let's not take any chances and let's make sure we defend this. And obviously, your goalkeeper was worked, and that's all they can ask to do is, is yeah. test your goalkeeper. And and obviously, but sometimes if that oh, you've got something to defend, but then. Sometimes you get to the point where you just drop too far back and you're like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I hate seeing that. I'm not saying, Oh, you moments. I don't like, I'm not one of them. Oh, you just, it's this thing, and oh, we go all out, but and then maybe we yeah. get hit on a break. But at the same time, do do something, don't drop all the way back and then don't go stupid. Hmm. But it just seemed like we went, we went a little bit too far back and let them, let them onto the ball and yeah. kind of come onto us. And I, we, we held on. Like I said, Ramsdale, well done. Looking like a bargain these days. And according yeah. to people, England going to be the next England number one. Oh, I don't know. Getting gassed off of a couple of saves. What? He's he's, he's looking like a, a decent purchase. No, he is, man. He, yeah. He's looking yeah, in yeah. good form. I mean, I question, obviously, I question everything yeah. to do with Arsenal. But <laughs> of course you do. Um, <laughs> Now, when you put, when you were linked with him, and I was like, why are Arsenal so on this guy? Like I've seen him make yeah. decent saves, but I've seen every single goalkeeper in the world make decent saves. Yeah. Um, and obviously he was getting peppered a lot because of the teams that he's been at. Um, Sheffield United, and who was it before? Bournemouth. Yeah. yeah. So so he he was one of the busier goalkeepers. Um, but I have to say he's he's done well, man. I mean he's trying to kick. Out the back, like he's Emerson, uh, not Emerson, Edison at times. Edison. Mm. Mm. I, I saw him do one great pass. I think it was against Villa. Straight to Lacazette, and Lacazette got fouled on on receiving it. Yeah. Um, but I think in this game he did one that shockingly went straight to Leicester in midfield, and he had to recover from mm. Ianacho. Ianacho went yeah. to bend one far post, and he made a good save. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you just don't want to see him get overconfident. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I have to say he's, he's the more than wealthy uh, at the moment. I think compared to Leno, I, like, I think the, the, the back four in front of him have more confidence in him. He commands the area. Mm. Okay, the distribution's not Edison-like, but it's he can play with the ball at his feet. He's definitely better than Leno. Mm. And like I say, he commands the area. He's a guy who's, who's willing to come out and catch a ball rather than... I hate when goalkeepers punch. It pisses me yeah. off. A guy who's just like, he'll catch it. Let me go lie on the floor for five seconds. Yeah, yeah, clear up. Mm. And like I said, the defence in front of him now, they're confident with what's what's behind them, which is what you need. And you build from that. Whereas, like you said about Maguire, and also, Leno's just got mistaken in man. So, I think, so that, that, I think sorry, he's a good that, shot stopper, but then I think, but for, so thing, but for commanding his area was a liability. Mm. Um, so, so that unit of... Um, that kind of spine of, of White, Gabriel, R- Ramsdale. Are you, you liking that? 
I'm liking it, but it's still, it is early days. Yeah. I mean, what with Ramsdale didn't even start the season and more game week 10. Mm. He's had what, like, I think seven, he's had seven starts. Well, he hasn't lost yet. Yeah, no, he hasn't lost. But I'm saying, but it looks promising, but time, time will tell. Because mm. obviously we need, again, White and Gabriel's partnership is still early days and hopefully that progresses in the right way. But it looks like a good one. And it, it's a young group as well. So it's, it's something that you can, if they can establish and be thinking for the future going forward, we've got a good base there. Yeah, I think you guys are benefiting from not being in Europe. Uh, you know, 100%. You, finish, I think, 100%. You, know, you, can play, you can play your strongest team every week mm. and you're building that chemistry. And look, I wasn't really the biggest fan of Ramsdale. I just felt it's a bit peculiar for Arsenal to go for a... a a, def- uh, a goalkeeper like that, but listen, he's proved people wrong. He's he's got that confidence and he's got that swagger about him, and he made some really good saves for you lot. And he's grown in confidence game by game. And you, that back line, I mean, I'm impressed with um, your right back. And Tavares has been decent as well coming in, and it just seems there's a bit of continuity with Arsenal. And I always thought this is a big game against Leicester, to kind of see where you lot are, because I thought you know Leicester were going to be favourites on the back of beating us. I know we spoke about that before the pod. Um, but I thought, you know, before, you know, to, to go to Leicester and get that, that three points, I think is important important for Arsenal. You know, they're going to, you know, want to kind of go go under the radar, get as many points as possible and maybe look at a top six finish. Mm. I mean, I, I I was saying to, to people or to back in the last season and during the summer, not getting into Europe could be a blessing. Because yeah. you know, it's one of them ones, because that's, I wasn't turning around saying, oh, yeah, we're going to do like what, say, Liverpool did or, or thing. But a season without European football, where you're just thinking, then there's more time for the coach to actually train his players. Yeah. Because when you're playing in Europe, you've, you've, let's say you're on Europe League Thursday, you fly back Friday, obviously you're playing Sunday, you have one day to train together on a Saturday, then you think, then you've got a rest day on, say, on a Monday, Tuesday, you tra- and then you're, you're travelling off to think. It's, as a new coach, you need time with that squad. And with a young squad, you don't need to put them through stuff like that. You want them to, to learn. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I was glad that, well, I know Spurs got that, that place, in, but I was, if anyone took it, who finished above us and just not pushed us back, I, w- I was happy for that. Although people go, no, but you, no, no, no. I wanted the season out. Yeah, like I said, mean, not turn around saying, "Oh, we're going to win the league off the back of this," but it's a, it's a, it's a beneficial to the squad as a whole. If if this gets you in the Europa League, not being in mm. Europe at all, so not being in that conference, then listen, you'll 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 take that. Yeah. You know I mean, um, look, I, I do think fourth place is available. I, I do. Yeah, now it is. Um, Manchester United, West Ham. I think at this point you have to say Arsenal. People are going to say because Conte is coming, you would like to believe Spurs, um, Leicester. You know they're capable. Um, had it up now season. Look, they were just starting to recover, but then got this, got this defeat. Where I thought if it was kind of a game, as you were saying, for both of them. I think if they both would have won this, mm. whoever won this, they they can really be be happy about their their recent form and obviously mm. Leicester. 
held defeat. Yeah. I think they'll be pissed to the two yeah. early goals like that, but yeah, yeah, go on, dude. No, I was just going to say, like, I think that what goes in your favour is that with Leicester and West Ham both being in the Europa League, that schedule's brutal, man. You know, like you said, you're playing from maybe Sunday to Thursday, Thursday to Monday. And who's favour? It's, it's, it's brutal for Leicester and West Ham, obviously, playing Europa League on top oh, of Oh, I thought you said it was in someone's favour. Yeah, it's in Arsenal's favour. It's Arsenal's oh, favour that, yeah, yeah, that yeah, West yeah. Ham and Leicester have got well, that type of schedule. Oh, well, yeah, well, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, Conference League, yeah. About, yeah, but it's still know. a fucking match. Don't try and take the piss about the conference. Nah, but you normally put full out a second string team. Your first team's not really ever used, in it? Whereas Leicester and West well, Ham can't. We use. are. Listen, we have to win. Right now, we're like third in the in the league in, in that in that group. So we need to win our next match. We've got two games at question, home. Question: Would you we're rather be out of that? Uh, it, do you know what? I sound so stupid, but I wouldn't because. We're just going to be the laughing stock of everything. Or do you think you'd just rather go in it and then, like, to bring a trophy? Yeah, no, I, I, I want to win it. some silverware. I, yeah. I want to win it, but... You're in the group stages of the Europa League next season, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty sad if we, we don't have confidence of getting there through the league. But, yeah, yeah I, I, more to a point, I think it's the trophy. It's not about the Europa League thing because mm. I would like to believe that we can still get in there the league anyway but as I said the, the problem with Tottenham is, is the squad man the squad isn't big the squad isn't good let's let's not go back to Tottenham again we spoke yeah. about fucking Tottenham forever but yeah, yeah. no no just yeah, my question yeah. was like would, would yeah. do you think like actually falling out of this competition benefits you for the second half of the season oh 100% 100% you know I mean? but I, yeah. I would rather have a trophy done thing yeah, yeah because yeah. I, I'm not like I've got anything against Jose Mourinho but knowing Jose Mourinho fucking go and win it with fucking man Roma. Yeah, but they got Roma. spanked, didn't they? They got spanked 6-1, didn't they? Yeah, but it doesn't matter. Right now, we're so early in the competition, I don't think it really matters. That's what I'm saying. Look at us. We just lost to Vitesse, but we still got yeah, yeah. two home games remaining, so hopefully we win them two home games and we'll be through and then take yeah. what comes next. Obviously, we're in the Carabao Cup. Arsenal, obviously, have got a rigged on the cup competition, the cup listen court. to this the guy. Man got Sunderland, yeah. Hey, but it's the luck of the draw, bro. What are you talking yeah, about? You last, watch, year, last year, you man. Don't mention Tottenham. Right don't mention Tottenham. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nah, we got a buy still. That's never heard of. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's move on. Um, Burnley versus Brentford. A bit of a surprise here. Burnley went rampant in the first half. Um, found themselves 3-0 up at home. First um, was Chris Wood in the first five minutes. Lovely finish, I have to say. Decent ball by Loughton, I would say. Um, the guy who's been kind of fairly consistent and in, in pressing in this Brentford team, like they've all kind of pressed defend, um, impressed sorry, defensively. Um, even Pinnock, he kind of stretched for the ball, made a bit of a hash at it. it didn't just didn't really get enough on it um, and it went through for Chris Wood on a half volley took it first time lovely finish kind of over the standing goalkeeper what's his name Fernandez. Um then it went 2-0 up I mean again defensively I'm sure Brentford are going to be fuming about this Matthew Lowton getting in at the back post up against Rico Henry Pinnock again I, don't want to blame the Jamaican, but 
them Jamaicans, you can't trust them, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, <laughs> he was there kind of in front of Rico Henry, and I thought he maybe should have helped his man out a bit more. I thought it was clear for him to kind of attack it, but he let it go mm. over his head, and, and um, Lauten beat, um, what's his name who I said? Rico Henry, and yeah, made it 2-0, and then just a couple minutes <gasps> later, nice ball by... Um, McNeil out to the left-hand side to Cornet, took a touch, came inside, found a little space and lovely finesse finish, uh, finesse finish into the far post. Um, he's kind of on fire, that guy, man. As I say, <laughs> keep saying it, the only black man in Burnley, but he's horrific. Aaron, you know what? Aaron's like, Aaron's like a mascot at this point. No disrespect because he's a legend at the club, mm. you get me, but... Yeah, man's just like yeah, man. Man loves Aaron Lennon, but I think he's just there for. Yeah, they might be looking after him. I don't even want to talk about his previous issues, blood, and try to take the piss out of him. But you know what I mean. Yeah. Anyway, um, but Brentford did pull one back. Um, consolation, really. Um, a kind of ball just played into the box. Norgar got a header on it, headed it across to Gados. Where's Gados from? Let's have a look. Oh, Iran. Iran. He's from Iran, my G. Anyway, wonderful finish. Wonderful finish. Like a scissor kick kind of volley thing. Nicely into the bottom corner. But the team would meant, have been proud. It meant absolutely nothing because um, they lost. Um, <laughs> with one hand, you gave them all the space and you just swiped their way. Without, yeah, no, nah, nice finish. Ball, but yeah. you know, you know, you know, you'd be pissed because you scored a nice goal, but it won't be yeah, yeah, yeah. because it meant absolutely nothing. But. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so an uh, important win for Burnley. We'll look at the table later and see what's just done for them, but I'm sure they needed that. Um, even though Cornet, as we said, has come in and scored a few goals and Brentford holding the defeat, their first real kind of spanking. Uh, yeah. But look, it is what it is. As I said, they'll be delighted with the way they've started this season. Um, let's go to Anfield now. Fresh off. Liverpool's battering of Manchester United. Um, they took on Graham Potter's Brentford and Brentford, Brighton, sorry, fucking hell, man. Uh, Brighton. <laughs> and it ended two apiece here. Liverpool were 2 0 up. Jordan Henderson, after the first four minutes, it looked like it was going to be a brush in because after Henderson gave them the release, Sadio Mane made it two. I think it was a header at the back post. Then um, I believe he got one disallowed before this. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. So they had the chance yeah, to make yeah. it 3-0, got disallowed. Basically, um, Brentford played it back to their goalkeeper. Brighton. 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 Stop it, Brighton. <laughs> Fuck it, what's wrong with me, blood? I need to go to sleep, blood. Hard day at work. Anyway, Brighton. Brighton, Brighton. Graham Potter. Gee. Anyway. Um, Conte Cucurella. effect, isn't it? Cucurella passed it back to I think it was Lewis Dunk then Lewis Dunk passed it back to Sanchez in goal who had a bit of a nightmare against City he looked like he had another nightmare he just kicked it straight at Mane kind of hit Mane's foot and then hit his hand and yeah, yeah. went to VAR and it got disallowed correctly in my opinion and then Brighton then pulled one back through say his name African representative he- David 
Uh, hold on. E- Enoch. Uh, Enoch? Enoch? Yeah, just say his last name. Mwepu. Mwepu. Mwepu, yeah. What a finish. Did you see the goal? Nah, brilliant. It was similar to Tielemans, the Zambian international. Only 23 years of age. He's lying on his passport because... <laughs> 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 I look at his picture and I'm like... Nah, he looks old. Anyway, nah, he looks older than me. He's 23. Nah, bullshit. He looks older than you, Dad. All I know, he ain't Nigerian. I know that much. He's Zambian. Anyway, um, yeah, wonderful finish. Got them back into the game. And then Brighton made it 2-2. Fantastic play, in my opinion. Leandro Trossard with the equaliser. Um, so drop points for Liverpool. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, as when we get through the rest of the results, we'll see that it was um, a pretty good weekend for one of them top three. Um, well, the next one is one of them top three as well, mm. which is Manchester City held a two 0 defeat at home, <clears throat> shockingly, to Crystal Palace. Yeah. Crystal Palace took a really early lead. Wilfred Zaha. I don't want to diss him, but did you not see the finish? No. It was so scuffed. It was unbelievable. But it went perfectly into the bottom corner. Kind of struck it into the ground. And it, the bubble finishes what helped it pass um, Edison. Mm. That was 1-0. And then in injury time in the first half, Americ Laporte got himself sent off, tangled with Zaha. A good, I'd say about maybe 40, 50 yards from his goal, to be honest. But, I mean, kind of got sent off for being the last man. Oh, his last man, yeah. Yeah. Um, City, as we said, well, you know, City City are going to play the same way, kind of still pressing for it. It's not usual, as you usually when you see someone go down 10 men, you see the game kind of change. Obviously, they still need the goal. They got a goal back, um, through Gabriel Jesus, but in the build-up, the original ball to um, Bowden, he was just just offside, um, and he's the one who provided the ball for Jesus. But as I said, that was given as offside through VAR. Um, and then with two minutes left, Crystal Palace sealed their three points when um, Elise played to Zaha. Squared it for Zaha. Zaha took about five minutes on the ball, doing <laughs> tricks. Then found it back to Elise, who first time, nice cushioned layoff for Gallagher, who first time swept it in. Oh, on the my God. Jesus. Right. Um, Atlanta. Uh, sorry, sorry. Atlanta scored, man. Yeah, it's yeah. a Champions League game. You get United, they scored. <laughs> Interrupted. Joke. Um, let's let's go to St. James's Park um, where the leaders Chelsea were in town Newcastle obviously we know still have um, Graham Jones in charge of Steve Bruce was sacked and another defeat for them they held out until the 65th minute where Reese James they were getting a bit of luck before that, to be honest, and a bit of bad finishing on Chelsea's part. Zayic had a few chances. I'm trying to think mm. of the other one. I don't... 
chance. I think Zayic had scored, but I think it was disallowed. Um, I know he had hit the post for a deflected shot. It was him kind of having shooting practice at one point. Um, but then a double from Reese James, first on 65 minutes, a half volley, lovely finish at the back post. And any kind of carbon copy, um, the goalkeeper found himself out of the goal. I think it was a shot blocked and it kind of drew the goalkeeper out kind of thing. Um, in a half-empty net, Reese James smashed the ball in to make it two. And then just, what, five minutes, not even five minutes after that, um, Havertz went through one-on-one with the goalkeeper. The goalkeeper took him down and Jorginho stepped up. And we know Jorginho is usually very common in situations and stroked it home for 3-0 Chelsea. Um Newcastle. Let's talk Newcastle a little bit. Um, mm. The manager's situation. Emery, no? Yeah, highly linked today yeah. with Emery. What, what do you look feel in that? I think it'd be worth a shot. I know he feels like he's got unfinished business in the Premier League. Tie one out. I think he could be a decent... Like we, we said, the first manager who comes in, he's that... He's getting sacked anyway. That but he's a good, yeah, but he's a good guy to kind of have, have come in and kind of um set set them up. Do you know what I mean? I, I get would some give, in and, and everything <clears throat> like that. Sorry, if they were to get Emery, I'd give Emery if he was to do the job um to to what he's capable of doing. I, I would say that he he could have the job for about three years. I would just say most other guys. I, I would say that they wouldn't really pass two kind of years where mm. a guy like Emery is, is if he was to take the job, I mean, I don't know about you lot. I, would, I think halfway through the season, I would be a bit surprised. Depending on where Villarreal and the Champions League, um, I would mm. be a bit surprised if he was to duck out on that and um, then go into his relegation scrap with Newcastle because it's a deep relegation scrap at this point. It's just as bad as Norwich. Um, yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I don't know, man. Um, do you think he would take it? Do you see the pluses for him for taking it? According to reports, he's, he's open to it. Yeah. Is that what they're saying? And they're yeah. prepared to take, they're prepared to pay the six million pound fee that uh, I, I mean, that's like six pence to them. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I but mean, the talk is, is like you, you don't approach it and be thing without him giving you some kind of thing. Yeah, like, some sort of green light. I mean, yeah. yeah. You think he would keep them up? Yeah, I think he will. He's got that. I know. Yeah, he, he wasn't. You know, he's got the experience. Uh, you know, playing. You know, managing in the Premier League of Arsenal. But I think he, he's got that defensive it's a different side. Job, isn't it? Yeah, different kind yeah. of job. But I think you can. Yeah. You can kind of rest the slum. Look at the, look at the squad, and I think they've got the January to try getting players. And I think he's he's got the know-how and the experience to kind of keep them up. I think if he's in there, I think there's them teams which are above Newcastle that can creep down to the. Creep down below them. I think you know. I think I think he could do a good job there. I, think the same, I was gonna say same time as to have, to have a, a name like that as your manager. Encourage some players to to come to you as well. Yeah, a little higher profile player. Considering yeah. the guy like he's he's won what was it four five Europa leagues yeah. now or something. He's like he's. I don't know what I'm saying. Again, straight to Europa league, but I'm saying he's got some kind of pedigree to him. Yeah. 
obviously Arsenal one didn't go the best in the end, but he has that he bounced back to Villarreal and then wins against United. Yeah. I mean and, what um, he's done for Seville as well. League. Yeah, yeah. So I yeah. think it's a good, it's a good shout. And with all the, the <clears throat> managers that are available at the moment, I know there's been talks about Fonseca, but mm. I probably would favour Emery over Fonseca because I think Fonseca's a bit more attacking, open Yeah, yeah, definitely with style was. I think it would yeah. suit what yeah. they need, what they need a bit more. But um, obviously it kind of makes sense now with that they, they're going to attack the, um, the appointment of a manager because obviously the national break is coming up. It would be kind of the perfect time. Yeah. Um, try and get him in as soon as the international break hits. Have two weeks to work with. I mean, they would obviously have players that are going to go, but I mean, most of that Newcastle team are shit. So most of them are internationals. <laughs> you would guess, I mean, look out of the starting lineup. I mean, Croft maybe uh, will go to Sweden. Uh, um, Amaron, Clarks will play Amaron for Ireland. Who? Amaron. Kieran Clark. Is he still oh, playing? Jesus Ryan? Christ. That's why Ireland is so shit. Um, <laughs> Ryan Fraser. The Bro- yeah, AB, Scotland. Uh, yeah. Uh, no one else. Yeah, Jamal Lewis for Northern Ireland. He'll go. Uh, oh, yeah. Fabian. Fabian. Yeah, Fabian. Fabian. Amaron. Amaron. No, not, no, I was going to say Joe Leighton. No, <laughs> <that's a man. laughs> he ain't going nowhere. Dubravka <laughs> as well, don't he? <laughs> uh, yeah, Dubravka, yes. Yeah. Still. yeah. Yeah, so only a handful, really. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, he would have a lot of his squad to work with. And the m- most important players are Wilson and, let's say, Maximum. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, it would be the perfect time. I-, I would be surprised. Would I be upset if he took the job? Not really. I mean, like, oh, it wouldn't hurt me, but I just think for him, I-, I-, I think the smart move would, if I was any of his advisors or bedrooms or wife, <laughs> Just try and get through the fucking season with Villarreal. That's what I would say. And because that rescue job, that's I still wouldn't be guaranteed. I don't think. I think. But the he's a good coach, from, though. But the reward from getting getting them out of that situation. Yeah, but then the say summer, you don't know. I, th- I think I think he could. I think yeah, he but could. say you don't. You'll say the reward if he does, but say he doesn't. It's, a, it's going to be a reward either way. If he gets sacked, he's going to get paid handsomely anyway. So he go back to Spain. <laughs> yeah, but come on, man. Nah, that's his reputation to hurt again after that. Uh, yeah, you say that, but then he'll, he'll pick up a job in La Liga and he'll probably beat Man United again under <laughs> Oli and get another Europa League, man. This is it's a win-win situation, isn't it? Yeah. All right. Um, let's go Watford. Watford at home to Southampton. Southampton 1 0 winners. What a finish. Did you see it? Mm. Did not see this one. Nah, Che Adams. I didn't didn't think he had it in him. I I was just about to say, I didn't think he did. Not that kind of technique, anyway, man. Lovely, lovely. um, Kind of skimmed it, cushion, whatever you want to call it, skim cushion into the far corner. I mean, Ben Foster does get buried an awful lot. So you have to question is he (laughs) not very good or. But it was a good finish, man. Um, I have to say, the guy who set him up was a strike partner for the day, who just come back into the team, um, Adam Armstrong. Um, and he looked lively, man. He looked like he had a point to prove. Mm. Obviously, he's not really been playing. They've been playing that um, Roger recently. Um, mm. 
So, yeah, he, I know for a few weeks he hasn't been anywhere near the, the kind of starting lineup. So, yeah, um, Southampton climbing along nicely, it seems, at the moment. Um, my boy Carl Walker Peters, I've noticed, has started to get back in the starting lineup, which is good for him. Um, he's been playing left back, which is not his natural position, but he's, he's doing well. Um, oh, yeah, but the man of the hour for Southampton, Livermento, man, he's, he's been brilliant, man. Yeah, 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 you know, he has, he has. Yeah, since the beginning of the season, what, only yeah. 18 years old as well. Composure, mm. man, it just... Yeah, now very good. Um, and that's what has kind of forced Carl Walker-Peters out of the team, to be honest. But I, I have to say, man, I'm not just being biased. Carl Walker-Peters, since he's been there, has been a real key player for Southampton. Like, when he doesn't mm. play last season, like, when he didn't play, <clears throat> they, they didn't win a lot of games. Um, so... Yeah, I think they've got to try and find a way for him and Livermento um, to try and get into that team. And obviously, welcome back, James Ward-Prowse. I think this week or last week. So, going forward now, I think if, if they can get their settled team back, then um, Southampton can really settle into the season because I think it's been a bit... Yeah, it was like a non-start. It was a non-starter, really. But I think, yeah, yeah it started to pick up in the last couple of weeks. Um, yeah, so Ranieri after that, Massive win last week at Goodison Park. Back to home and back to reality with a 1-0 <laughs> defeat. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. Don't get easier for Watford, though. Nah, it doesn't. We'll get to the fixtures later, but I know they got they go to the Emirates next. Sadly. Um, Harrod. Norwich versus... Leeds, Norwich said still looking for their first win the season and they still will be looking and they might be looking for a hell of a long time to be honest <laughs> they might be looking for one good four or five months from now um, to be honest they lost 2-1 on the night um, but to be honest from the highlights I saw they probably should have won this match um, had a good few opportunities but it just comes down to them little moments sometimes especially in the games like this I mean, look, 14 shots, Leeds had 13. Okay, Leeds had more shots on target. Mm. But it was definitely a tight game. And I think that's the thing. They've just got to be a bit more competitive. And the signs are that they're slowly getting a bit more competitive. They, um, they went behind, though. There was goals. They went goal galore for about five, yeah. six minutes in this game. Rapinha, uh kind of only shining light really for Leeds this season. Um opened opened the scoring for them. Came inside on his left foot, couple couple feints, and in mm. the end it kind of wormed its way in, kind of took a deflection. Um Omar Bamadeli, he equalized for Norwich. I can say his name because I was gonna say it's a good pronunciation of it. Yeah, now because yeah, you know what? I um I had football manager okay. and um <laughs> I was manager of Norwich and he was in my reserves and I brought him into my first team. There you go. Um so yeah, that's how I know him. Um he's like 18, I think, and he's a Republic of Ireland international, yeah. obviously on, on paper, Nigerian, on paper. Yeah, Nigerian roots yeah. there, blood. Yeah. Um glad you said it. Man. But yeah, he, he got his first goal probably ever. Um <laughs> Header from a corner. 
<laughs> and then two minutes later, <laughs> Lee's made it 2-1. Rodrigo with a hit from the edge of the area. Tim Krul will be disappointed, man. Especially that it ended up in another defeat for his team. Um, mm. As I said, especially in a tight game like that, man. Um, keeping a mistake costing you really painful. But as I said, there's little signs that Norwich is starting to warm into the Premier League. It's only that it just seems too late. I have to give a shout-out to a guy called Matthias Norman. I don't know if you've seen him. Oh, He's the guy yeah. with some weird-looking... He looks like an anime boy. character yeah. that got some blonde-looking hair yeah, from Norway. He looks decent. <laughs> I mean, I haven't watched a full game of Norwich yet this season, but... um. Whenever I see little highlights and stuff, he he, he is heavily involved. Um, I wasn't going to ask you, yeah. do you reckon Norwich could end up with that worse record than Derby County had that season? Yeah, 100%. Like, yeah. what's, the rec- what's the record? 11? Was it like 10 or 11 points? Yeah. Nah, it like can't that? be 10. That's shocking. I think it's 11. It- I'm going to go with 11. Yeah, because Dar- Derby, Derby were like, was it 2007, 8? Years ago. When we had... Tarabat. Remember? Uh, oh, uh, Abel Tarat. 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 Yeah, he was skillful, man. Yeah, skillful, skillful brother, man. Yeah. Worst Went Premier to... League record. Let me see this. I think it's Derby and I think it's something like 11 points. The Derby or Sheffield? No, no. It's definitely Derby. Yeah. But I've Villa, seen, I've seen... Villa were close one year still. Yeah. I think I uh, Norwich. They they do play some decent football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, end, the end product is just shocking. I mean, yeah, I yeah, yeah. They miss so many chances. Man. Fewest points yeah. in the season: eleven. Derby County, two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Thank you. Yeah. Another. Fantastic knowledge from my brain. <laughs> um, yeah. Are you? Yeah, you think they could do? I don't know how many points they got at this moment. Is it? Two? I think what are they on three. Three, three points. Three. So three draws. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, I don't know. Man. I, I, I you would like to think with the chances man. that they make that they will get a couple more. Vi- What's it? How many more points do they need? Just, well, they just need, nine. They need yeah, nine to. That's to get fucking out of it. crazy, bro. That's just three more wins. So it's it's definitely. I like Norwich, so I'm going to say yeah. They're, they're not going to be the worst team ever in the Premier League. Um, I know. I know. Just on that point about Norwich, um, I know that. Billy Gilmore, who's on loan from Chelsea, is complaining. Mm. He's not getting what? enough uh, starts for Norwich, and obviously yeah. Tuchel's yeah, had a word. Yeah, should be complaining. Huh? <laughs> Tuchel's obviously Tuchel's told him to hang in there. Yeah, you got to hang in there, bro. You don't want him back. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you think you're not playing there, he definitely played here. Um, Villa Park. Let's go, Villa Park. Villa. Uh, what's that? Four or five defeats in a row now. Yeah, something like I that. I think it's time, man. Whoa, 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 Dave. We'll get to that after. Yeah. Jesus, bad said it's time, you know. Um, <laughs> they lost 4 1 to the inform West Ham. Wonderful finish from the guy who I said I was impressed with last week, Ben Johnson, cutting oh, on his tremendous. left foot. Oh, yeah. lovely. <laughs> lovely. oh fantastic, man. <laughs> lovely finish. Um, then Villa equalized. Bundia went down the right hand side. It was like Fornals didn't want to kind of yeah. foul him to give away a penalty. So kind of let him kind of worm his way around him. Um, he was like doing everything not to touch him. Um, Bundia squared it and it fell to Ollie Watkins who the keeper kind of hit the keeper but 
hit the keeper and went in. Um, so that was 1-1. But then not long after that, Declan Rice on the edge right of the area. Decent hit, decent hit. I won't say it was fantastic. I, I, I do. I didn't watch it again. I think the goalkeeper didn't anticipate it. Nah, nah. I've got no hate against Declan Rice, man. He's a good player. I'm just being honest. I just thought the goalkeeper, he didn't move quick enough, man. I, I, he didn't move his feet for me. And he wrapped it a little too late, Emmy Martinez. And I have to say about Emmy Martinez, I said there's not want to be a wanker here, but... You don't have to be that guy. <laughs> 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 nah, because I, I, I really rate him. I think he's a good goalkeeper. He was brilliant last season, but I do think it's got to his head a bit. That's just the vibe the, I get of him. That's the Copa America, bro. He got, got a bit gassed with Messi. Yeah, it could be the Copa America. It could be the, the season that he had last season. It could be all the praise. It could be all the Arsenal fans wishing that he never left. And I don't know if it's a combination of all of them or, or what, but yeah, there's something about me that just says that, I don't know, man, I think he's just took his eye off the ball a little. Maybe, maybe it's a mm. bit harsh. Maybe it's a bit harsh. But. I, I think with the, the whole fact, you know, because to be, to, in his defence, obviously on the international duties, he's had to cut, he's been in and out of the score, in and out of the score, the isolation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's been forced to play like a lot when yeah. he's literally just arrived mm. back like yeah. two hours before kickoff. Like it's madness. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point if you want to stick up for it. But anyway, um, five minutes into the second half, there was a bit of a crazy moment because there could have actually been two red cards at the exact same moment for Aston Villa. <laughs> the first incident was um, Courtney Hawes. To be honest, he kind of backed into, I think it was four now, and caught him with his elbow. I mean... Well, it sounded like he stood on his foot and then the same yeah. movement just kind of elbowed him or something. I don't know about stepping on his foot, but he blatantly elbowed him in his face. Yeah. And for me, he should have been red card. I think if I was the VAR and I looked at that now many times as he looked at it, I would have said that you need to send him off. Mm. That, that's, I just think it was just a little, it just looked a little too obvious. And, but in the same moment, advantage was kind of given or I don't know if it was, or I don't know. Anyway, <coughs> oh, was going through on goal. Now, this one was even worse because from the VAR, I couldn't actually see. They didn't actually show the action. <coughs> Sorry. I couldn't see how much contact actually Consa made with him. Mm. But Bowman went down right on the edge of the area and he was given a straight red. He was given a yellow, sorry. And then it was kind of, once VAR, he looked at VAR, he transferred it to a red. Um, and then um, West Ham finished it off with 10 minutes to go. Four Nows made it free and that basically won the game. And then Bowen scored with like five minutes left. Lanzini got slipped through on goal from Antonio and he very unselfishly squared it for... Um, Jared Bowen to tap in. Let's talk about West Ham a bit because, mm. and then we'll talk about Villa because obviously, David, you've got a little opinion. Um, let me ask you a lot about a couple of players. Let me ask you first of all about um, Declan Rice. I think he's grown. I think he's grown from, from last season. He's added a lot, he's added the goal scoring element to his game. Um, he's brilliant, you know, tackling, and I think he's getting, he's, Getting forward, and I think Moyes has kind of given yeah. him that 
that, license. That, that license to go roam yeah. forward and, and score. Yeah, I've noticed that as well, man. He looks He's... more like a boxer box man. Yeah. But remember, he was playing for England as a two. He was yeah. playing with Phillips. And it was like Phillips was given a little more freedom than him. Yeah. But you could argue, seeing what we're seeing now, it should have been the other way around. But yeah. Um, yeah. Did you have anything more to say, Dave? Sorry. Yeah, I just, I just think he's quite confident in that position now. Like, I think, like I said, Moyes has given him that opportunity to roam forward. Get he scored, he scored a, a lovely goal in the Europa League. I think, I think it was the first match game. He's just scoring and contributing more goals than he's ever present for West Ham. And I think you know he's he's settled in really well this season. I know there was speculation about transfer disputes, but I think that's all gone away with the performances he's shown for West Ham. He's he's ever present and he's. He's very influential for how West Ham play. What about you? I was going to say, do you think they can hold on to him? I, I don't think they can. I think... Uh, as much as know, I know there's money coming into the club and, well, the talk is there's money going to come into the club and they're going to, if they invest in this and the other, but... He, he has desires <laughs> to play the Champions League. Uh, you know, I think he'll give everything he can for, for West Ham this season. But I think if... A Chelsea or a Man United come in and pay the money that that is valued at. I think he'll go. It's going to be a lot of money, man. His price is rising as well. You yeah. know what I mean, um, I, I didn't think he would go this summer. I thought because West Ham just being back into Europe for the first time in how long, and he was the kind of captain taking over from Noble kind of thing. I, I didn't think that he would leave. Will he ask to leave? I'm not sure, but. I think definitely teams are going to come for him this, in the summer and and pay. They're going to offer some some high money. Whether it's going to be enough, mm. we'll see. Because West Ham, especially if West Ham get these people that that invest in the club, they might be able to say no to any kind of money and and be ambitious like any, that. Any of the clubs that will go in for him, I think it might be Man City. Man City might have to look to replace Fernandinho, and I think he. Well, they definitely do. Because yeah, I don't think Rodri is really that man. I don't think he's got the athleticism yeah. enough with Rice. But then again, from what Rice is showing, should he be that guy? Should he be just a sitting holder? You know what I mean? He's, he, I think at the moment he's showing he's got a lot more to his game. So I, I would argue, I don't know. I think Man United. I don't think they need just a, a one-player sitter as, as mm. much as Man City do. I think Man City needs to have one guy considering how much attacking they do. They need to have one guy who's that that kind of guy that will sit there and sweep up things. Um, where I think if, if Rice was to go to Man United, I think position-wise and what he can bring to the team, I think is a bit more... It would give more to show the side of the game that he's showing at West Ham which is a bit more box-to-box. Um, and I think he could build up a partnership with somebody, whether it's McTominay, whether it's Fred, whether it's, you know what I mean, whoever else. Um, Donny. Uh, never, never. Uh, <laughs> um, if Pogba goes and we get a new manager, Pet Poch, then I think that might be a reality. But I think Rice <laughs> is too guy's an idiot. <laughs> I think Rice is too, too expensive for United anyway. I don't think United. Gonna... No one's expensive for Manchester United. Just you look like to United... think that you don't spend money when you do. No, we, we spend money, but listen, West Ham are going to be looking for 100 million pounds. If, if Greenish went to Man City, 
100 million pounds. No, no, 100, but I hear what you're saying. Yeah. This is where you lot should have sold Pogba for money. No, we're, we're idiots, though. That's the thing. We're, I know, but that's what I'm saying. We're not going to, we're not, <laughs> now, you know, we've kind of come to the decision about Pogba now. We're, we're content now. We'll let him go now. There's just no, there's no, yeah, I think we know that he's not going to sign. I don't think he's going to, and I don't, I don't blame him to be honest. So the way yeah, United are from, well, listen, I, I care about Pogba as a player. And, I, and look, it hasn't worked out the second time round. <laughs> He might as well just go go somewhere where he's going to be appreciated and he's going to ah, play his, his best. Boo boob diddums for fucking Pogba. Rob, he ain't been good enough. Let's just be honest. Anyway, Listen, when, when goes, anyway, man, this is not about man. Cry me a river, bro. This is not about Pogba. Bo- 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 <laughs> Let me ask you another guy. Um, Pablo Fornals. Wow. Yeah, well, he's been fantastic, man. I think he's he's taken on that mantle as well. He, he's more noticeable in games. He's he's scoring goals, and I think his his influence in that midfield is especially linking up well with with Antonio and Ben Rama. I, th- I think it's fantastic, man. He's yeah, such a yeah, key yeah. member. I've got to give a shout out to Moyes, man. Moyes has kind of molded and allowed certain players to shine, man. I, you know, I, I was finding it difficult. I know we talk about four nows, but someone like a Ben Rama when he first came in, how is he going to fit into that team? And he's come in and he's done a fantastic job and he's linked well with guys like Fournals and, and Bowen and ah man, West Ham are, they're doing they're doing bits at the moment, man. Because because Moyes was, was patient with Ben Rama. Yeah. Because last season he didn't really play too much. And now nah, he's like, that's every that's Lingard, week, week in, week out. Huh? No, 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 before then, before then. Yeah. Because remember Lingard only came in in January. Yeah. <clears throat> um Ben Rama was there from the beginning of the season. He, wasn't he, was, really... he was injured for a, yeah. a bit of it, wasn't it? Because they signed him when he was injured, it? it was like a last-minute... Um, yeah. Because he was on loan initially. And then they, yeah. they signed him permanently from Brentford. Yeah. Throughout a lot the of money, man. I think 35 yeah. million or Yeah, but yeah, for now, I, I think it's good, man. He, he works hard, which Moyes, the team, you kind of got to work hard. Mm. That's what the, I think with Ben Rama's had to learn with the kind of way he had to work his way to get on the pitch and stuff. Um, but yeah, man, they're, they're going along strongly. Um, well, yeah, David, what I'm surprised about with West Ham, though, well, yeah. under Moyes, considering how Moyes' first stint, stint there mm. kind of went. I think even the fans are surprised at the yeah. football they're seeing now and then the way this team is. I know he wasn't given as much, that much time he was on the, the thing in the beginning. Oh, yeah. Because uh, yeah, yeah. he was here, but the because f- I, I know there were some West Ham fans like they weren't sure about bringing him back, and uh, but this oh, one is it's like a 180 from what they saw the first time around, yeah. Definitely. And from what he's done at other clubs as well, it's like yeah. the man's got older and he's got fit. He's like, actually... that's what I'm saying. <clears throat> I think they complement each other well yeah. behind Antonio, that for now Bowen, Ben Rama. And then behind that, you've got Bright and Suchek. I think it all kind of complements itself really well. Mm. Um, David, you want to say something on um, Villa, the Villa manager? Yeah. I, I, I just think it's time now. I think he's time had, for what? I think it's time for him to go. Uh, you know, I think he's. <laughs> yeah, no, like, I yeah. mean, look, look, I think he's done so well up to this point, but his reluctance to, you know, to stick with that. That three at the back, and and now all of a sudden, I you know he changed the formation, but 
I just think he's got it wrong. He's, he's got it wrong, and I think it was too late for a change in that. I think with the run of games that he had, the games where, you know, there were some games where Villa shouldn't have lost. The Wolves game, they shouldn't have lost that game. Yeah. I just I just think for me that, you know, I think... Was that manager's tight. fault, though? Yeah, a bit of the Two, players. Three, but, three late set pieces. Yeah, but I just think the run of games and the, the, the momentum, and I, I just think it's time for maybe Villa to maybe consider their options and maybe look elsewhere. Because I, I, I could see it getting a little bit worse for them and they've spent a lot of money and and, it, and at this point in time, it hasn't really worked out for them at the moment. I think I, I, it, sorry, go on. No, oh, that's, what, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah I, I think, interesting what you're saying about the summer. I think um, it's a weird one, isn't it? Because it kind of balances itself out because you've lost your best player, Jack Grealish, and your best player for the last four years. You're the saving grace of the club, basically. Yeah? Any hope mm. of coming back up was on Jack Grealish. Any hope of staying up was Jack Greenish. Um, and now it's, it's, it's obviously they sold Jack and then they bought in name wise, name wise, they bought in like um, Buendia, um, what's his name, Bailey, Bailey. and stuff like yeah. Obviously, he hasn't been able to use Bailey much because he's been injured, but yeah, so I think that's going to add pressure with the fans. I know they've got Southampton next, and I would say, if, if knowing that the international break is coming up again, and this is the one where I think I was listening to Radio, they were calling it, they've got a special name for this period of the season. Um, but this is where a lot of chairmen press the button and, and, and mm. release managers from their duty. Yeah, I would say if you lose that Southampton game, I think the Villa board might have a meeting and a discussion at least. I think at this point, I don't think they're discussing. I think they might be looking, giving their eye to each other and thinking, fucking hell, what's going on here? Um, but <laughs> I think a real official meeting might happen if um, <clears throat> Villa go and lose Southampton. Um, I actually saw today, I'd, I'd, obviously it's just paper talk, but I heard that they're lining up Fonseca. Now, as I said, you know how much of that is true? I doubt it is very true. They might be now starting to think. There might have been discussions about the board trying to maybe drop a couple of names, knowing that if the bad thing does happen and they do lose Southampton, that they can kind of act quickly if they really need to. Um, but yeah. yeah so I mean, it's, it's a managerial merry-go-round at the moment, obviously, with certain mm. clubs. Yeah, you know, looking at their situation and Villa are going to have to look at their situation because the one thing they don't want is results to continue to go bad and they don't want to wait until the, to Christmas. I think if anything does happen, if they do lose their next game, I think they have to consider their options in, and, and getting rid of Dean Smith. Listen, Dean Smith has done a fantastic job the last couple of seasons, obviously keeping them up the first season when they got promoted with Grealish, but, you know, losing Grealish, they haven't really recovered. I mean, they bought players and the players that they have bought haven't bedded in well or not. Has it worked? Because we've discussed it with the whole Watkins and Ings situation. They can't play well as a two. We've got to get Bailey into there, you know, finding the right formation. And I don't think three at the back is working working for them. I know he, he kind of um, acknowledged that and, cha and changed it for th that game, but yeah, I think a lot of questions need to be answered what the next step for Aston Villa is. Okay. Um, let's go to Molyneux. Wolves versus 
Everton was the Monday night game. Um, 2-1 victory for Wolves. Um, Wang He Chan. That's what I'm going to say his name is, if I'm 100% right. He scored, but the goal was disallowed just offside in the field. Nice little link up with Raul Jimenez. And I have to say, they're starting to... And I think this is where maybe Nuno did suffer a, a, a bit once um, Wolves had lost Lovely. Jimenez. I mean, Jimenez, Jota. Because Jota and Jimenez were a really good combination. And I think Jimenez does really work, uh, work really well with a partner. Mm. Um, and I think you're starting to see that. So Kilman, Kilman, sorry, gave them the lead. And then Jimenez, um, I think that's his first Molyneux goal since he's come back from his injury. Um, and then in the second half, Alexa will be pulled one back. I don't even think I saw that goal. Um, but uh, yeah, another defeat for Everton. And from the fans, the pressure is mounting a bit mm. on Rafa after good start. We know about the injuries and we did bring that up. And I think maybe a little, a little bit of logic needs to come into it and not panic and realise that they are missing the guy that is very key to them and they don't have a backup striker, really. A real, real backup striker. Um, yeah, so they need Calvert-Lewin back. It seems like they're missing him now. It's getting to that point now. Um, but yeah, so that's the results. Let's look at the fixtures and then we'll go through the table. The fixtures. Remember, this is the last week ahead of the international break. Sadly, that bollocks international break again. It'll be the last one until March. All right. The Premier League will be back on the 20th after this week. So this week, Friday game is the game that I was talking about. Southampton versus Aston Villa. Um. And then on the Saturday, Manchester United against Manchester City. Derby at Old Trafford. We saw what happened in the last Derby at Old Trafford. Man United will be praying that doesn't happen again. And Oli will be praying even harder that doesn't happen again. The free kickoffs on Saturday will be Brentford at home to Norwich, Chelsea at home to Burnley, and Crystal Palace at home to Wolves. While at 5.30, Newcastle, Graham Jones expected to probably still be the manager. They go to Brighton. And then on Sunday, Arsenal at home to Watford at 2 o'clock. 2 o'clock. There's three games at 2 o'clock, by the way. Everton, welcome Antonio Conte back to the That's Premier League. Spurs. What isn't? Your game. Us. Oh, yeah. blood. You know what I mean? You I see what's it. televised. It has to be the Arsenal. Oh, <laughs> we're back. Leeds versus Leicester. And then an interesting game at 4.30 from London Stadium. I think a lot of people have interest in this. West Ham versus Liverpool. Then let's go to the table. Now let's have a look at who's been climbing. Still top of the tree is Chelsea. Drop points for Liverpool and Manchester City, but they say second and third. West Ham, another victory. Stay on the same points as Man City. They make up the top four. After Manchester United's victory at Tottenham, they move up to 
fifth. Shockingly, Arsenal on the same points as Stoke had to see this table like this. <laughs> Arsenal on the same points as Manchester United with 17. Um, Wolves, man, I told you about Wolves will come back and they're climbing, boy. They're up to seventh. Brighton and Spurs drop eighth and ninth, respectively, and Everton make up the top ten. Um, Leeds are just above the relegation zone. Above them are Watford, Aston Villa, Southampton, Crystal Palace and Brentford. And the bottom three is Norwich rock bottom, no wins, two points. Two points, not three. So, two. Yeah. Apologies. Yeah. All right. So, um, on what we were saying earlier. Then come Newcastle with four points. And then come Burnley with three points with that big win. that They needed that win, man. Um, but Burnley still three points off leaving the relegation zone. Um, with Villa, Watford, and Leeds all on 10 points just above the relegation zone. Shocking. Um, that's it for game week 10. 10. Um, we might go back to a normal week where we preview. Well, we analyze sorry three games. We'll see what happens and if there's any massive stories like Oli getting sacked or some shit, or Man City holding a spanking at Old Trafford. It could be something like mad like that happens. Um, and we'll see. Um, so respect Dan, respect Dave, and remember the podcast to be accessed on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and I think Google Podcasts as well. Yeah. Um, if people use that. Um, and as I said, the Instagram, the underscore warm underscore down. Follow, man. We put video clips up of the episode as well. I will go through some and put some up for this episode. I'll go through it with you lot because people are trying to say I'm a bit biased and it's just me on there, <laughs> which is lies. But um, anyway, we'll be back next week. Peace.